This podcast is brought to you by Save Amarillo Pack, asking you to vote against Propositions A, B, and C in the November Amarillo Municipal Bond election. Amarillo is broke. We don't need more debt. For more information about the bonds or to support Save Amarillo Pack, visit SaveAmarilloNow.com. Political ad paid for by Save Amarillo Pack, Hobart Brown, Treasurer. This is the Live in West Texas podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Warren, and thank you so much for being with us this week. Now, on to the program. Thank you so much for joining us again for this episode of the Live in West Texas podcast from the Emerald Pioneer, and I'm excited. We have four guests on uh, tonight, and this is a little bit bigger of a crowd than we usually have, but everybody is on here by phone tonight, socially distancing. Uh, We're going to have a lot of great discussions because our guests tonight are constables from Potter and Randall County. Uh, From Randall County, we have Constable Chris Johnson, and you're going to have to forgive me. You're the constable for Precinct 2, is that right? No, it's Precinct 4. Precinct 4. I was a couple numbers off. That's all right. (laughs) And... uh, for Potter County, we have uh, Constable uh, Daryl Wirtz, who is the constable for Precinct 1, uh, Constable Georgia Estrada, who is the constable for Precinct 2, and Constable Adela Jackson, uh, who is the constable for Precinct 4 in Potter County. And uh, Constable Jackson has an opponent on the ballot this November. Uh, constable Wirtz and Constable Estrada are also on the ballot this year unopposed. It was kind of a unique situation that led up uh, to Constable Estrada's race, and we'll talk about that for for sure. Uh, Before we get started, everybody listening to this is probably wondering, you know, they see the constable's race on their ballots, and they don't even know what a constable is or what a constable does. Uh, It's just the same thing as a regular sheriff's deputy or something, right? Uh, Well, that's not exactly true. And uh, the only reason I know what a constable even is is because uh, the first time I met Constable Estrada, she told me because she loves her job so much, she just tells everyone about the constable's office. Uh, So, Constable Estrada, I'm going to go ahead and let you answer this first, and then if anybody else wants to add on to that, feel free to jump in. What is a constable, and what do the constables do? You know, we get that all the time, and and I love just sharing because um, it just ex- explains. And if we hold that information, then nobody will ever know. You are correct. We are not deputy sheriffs, nor are we under the sheriff. Um, that is a perspective that they think, oh, we're a part of the sheriff's office, and we're not. A constable is um, a unique position, which law enforcement is extremely broad. However, our job was formed back in the 1800s and inscripted into the Constitution. So with that being said, we are the oldest form of law enforcement in the state of Texas. Um, A constable is an elected position. It is um, where the voters choose who they want as their constable. Um, We are law enforcement. 
Um, you mentioned three constables in Potter County. We actually have four. Um, and with that being said, uh, there's four precincts for constables. Um, what we do, and I like to explain it like this to summarize it down, is we do get our position by votes. However, we have the civil process along with the criminal. The civil process is what, what makes us unique because a lot of law enforcement agencies are unaware of how a civil process is or civil law. So I would like to explain ourselves as being the civil professionals in law enforcement. We're going to um, training yearly all the, all the time uh, because civil changes, just like criminal. But also, with that being said, um, the constable has to hold mandated training for civil with mandated training for a criminal. And that's where we come in and we're unique on that. We just can't say, oh, that's a civil matter. I'm going back into duty, just like any other um, law enforcement that's around here, like the PDs or the sheriff's office. We we get it. We run with it. We execute it. Whatever's coming out of the courthouses, either in Potter County or in the state of Texas, if we get something from a court, from JP courts up to a district court, we are to um, do what that court order is telling us to do. And there, there's a variety of um, civil process. So it's always good to stay on top of civil because every legislative uh, session, something's changing. So we are always training and always training and staying on top of that. So basically, um, I like to always say you have the sheriff that has the jail. The constables have the courthouses. Uh, so I want to throw this question to Constable Johnson uh, from Randall County, Precinct 4. I got that right this time. Uh, what is a daily life of a constable like? What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? And uh, I think Constable Estrada kind of highlighted how it differs from other law enforcement jobs, but can you kind of elaborate on that and tell people what do you actually do every day uh, when you're working for them? Okay, so what a constable does on a daily basis is, by the Texas Constitution, we are required to do two things, and those are bailiff for the justice of the peace of court, peace uh, court, and that is the court that we share the same precinct with. The second thing that we do is, is we serve the papers out of the justice of the peace court as well. In addition. We also serve papers from attorneys across the state and even across the nation that has anything to do with civil process. So we do that, and we also, anything that may come out of another court, from another precinct, from another county in, in the state of Texas. And then the last thing is, is we, we have not a lot, or I don't have a lot. There's a lot for other constables, but they will serve papers um, for the state that has dealings with uh, child protection or children. But we, constables department, can decide what they want to do above that. Some will go out and work traffic. Some will go out and work warrants. There's a, a plethora of different things that constables can do. I can tell you for our region, our our area in the Texas Panhandle, Constable Wirtz, he enjoys working 
felony warrants, and he, he really likes to focus in on warrants where there might be a sexual predator or a sexual assault. His his goal is is to get those people off the street, and we all as constables will work with constable work and do that. And but we also work our own JP warrants. So there's plenty to do um, as a constable. I would like to mention one thing and just add to Constable Strada what she said about what constables do. Constables were the first law enforcement agency in the world. It was in 400 AD, and it has progressed. We were constables. Um, the, the way the constable name came from was in England, and it was actually in, I believe, in the 1200, 1200 AD, is that there was a king that people were stealing his horses. And he hired a guy and says, look, he goes, if you guys would just, if you would just keep people from stealing the horses, I would appreciate it. And so they did. And so he was the count of the stable, and that ended up being constable. Well, then it just progressed as constable, and it ended up being a general position in the military. And as we know today, just like what we see in England, we had the sheriff or the sheriffs, and those sheriffs were tax collectors. Same thing that they were here in the state of Texas back in the very beginning when we were a country and then when we were a state. Constables were the first law enforcement agency in Texas. And so a lot of people don't know that. Very interesting. And uh, Constable Wirtz, would you say that that's uh, accurate in Potter County as well? Because in Randall County, there may be some some differences some people might be thinking. So uh, what do you do on a daily basis in Potter County, and how might that differ from what constables do in other counties? Well, before I start on that, I'm going to give you a brief deal of history. I'm going to add to the history of the constables. In Potter County, as far as I can tell by research, the very first law enforcement officer killed in Potter County was Constable Precinct 1, and I can't remember his name. And he was killed by the very first sheriff of Potter County. <laughs> and this was in the 1870s when Amarillo wasn't even born yet. It was just a county. And that's just a brief history that, yeah, the very first constable, he went to arrest a bunch of gamblers. Sheriff sided with the gamblers and accidentally, supposedly, shot the constable and killed him. <laughs> so just to add some history there. My day is I go to court, bailiffs to JP court, because we do a lot of evictions. Plus, my court is also the truancy court. Of course, with COVID, truancy is kind of a non-thing right now. But we do truancy for every high school in Potter County, what's Powder, Caprock, Tesco's, uh, River Road, Bushland, Highland Park. And then I serve all my civil papers. And between me and Constable Jackson, we're the two busiest constables. We each bring in almost enough revenue on civil to cover our whole budget, our each individual budget. So I do a lot of civil. And like Constable Johnson said, I like to hunt down wanted people, especially felons, because even if I can put a bad guy in jail for five minutes or an hour, that's an hour that bad person's not out there preying on the innocent people. So that's that's my big thing. And I'll do work some traffic. 
and all of us constables, we've, if we get citizens that call us with a problem, like a drug house, if we have time, we'll try and address uh, or, you know, use some of our time to kind of address that situation if we can, just to put a little bit of pressure, just to let the people know that hey, we're out here and we know what you're doing there. So that's about it. It sounds like a very interesting job, and uh, Constable Jackson might be able to tell me, is the constable's position exclusive to Texas, or is this a position that exists in other states across the country? Definitely ex- exists in other uh, states. I, I can't remember, and other constables probably can recall which state that doesn't have constables, but uh, throughout the nation, constables are, are definitely uh, noted. Uh, do you guys, can y'all recall which state that doesn't have constables? I know it's a few of them. I can tell you that that constables, in in my in what I've understood, is is don't have near the history and the responsibilities okay. that we do in Texas. Yeah, Texas seems right. to can be pretty strong with constables for sure. For sure, I for can sure. say, I can um, chime in real quick uh, that being the North Director for the National Association of Constables and Marshals. Um, we have constables throughout our the United States. I believe we're going to look at maybe up um, west or northwest area that don't have constables. I could be wrong, but the last time we looked at it, um, there is constables, but there are state constables, and that's going to be up in the um, northeast uh, part of the nation. So it's really really um, interesting how each state um, has constables and what their job descriptions are. However, I'll stop there and I'll let Adela talk. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have another person for me? I don't know. The constables, like I said, they are spread throughout the nation um, like the other constables stated. You just don't know which area doesn't have constables. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Well, it's a it's an important job, and that's for certain. And it's a job that uh, some people may not even realize, uh, you know, exists in some of these counties or will be on their ballot. And could, if you don't mind, Tom, can I uh, add along with other constables about our duties and our requirements? Absolutely. And, uh, if you don't mind. Well, I just want to add. I know we covered quite a bit of just to say that. Consuls are sworn Texas peace officer. In order to be a consul, you have to be a sworn peace officer. And we are sworn, and we have full law enforcement uh, powers to make arrests. And those powers extend throughout the whole state of Texas. People are not aware of that, but our authorities extend throughout the whole state of Texas. So I just wanted to include that. And we also the chief executive of our, of our office. Uh, we're ultimately responsible for everything. As you probably can see, each council, we're a one-person office, so we're responsible for everything that goes on in our office. And we have no, pretty much have no help. So all the office work we have to do, you know, a lot of times we have to spend our day completing reports that have to be completed within a, a time frame. And we're doing paperwork. Uh, we bailing in the courts, like the other council stated. And we're out and about uh, making sure we're getting our, uh, process, sir. So 
we have four days. <laughs> they keep us pretty busy. So just wanted to include that. And thank you. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're going to have so many interesting conversations, I think, here. And uh, one thing I want to point out as we're going through this conversation is the fact that, uh, you know, we have four different constables on here uh, who represent mm-hmm. two different parties. Uh, Constable Johnson and Constable Wirtz are elected as Republicans. Constable Jackson and Constable Estrada are elected as Democrats. But you all seem to work so well together. Uh, and I think that speaks to the mm-hmm. fact that the constable's position is not one that's uh, exclusively needed by or exclusive to uh, one individual party or the other. So I think that's that's a very interesting thing to note about your job. I would like to comment on that. Absolutely. If I could, this is Constable Wirtz. Be all right if I comment on that? Absolutely. I, I'd love to hear your commentary on this. And, 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 and you know, and I know this goes to the to the party chair I, re- I listened to his deal look we have and then actually constable Duvall who's the other constable that retires at the end of this year after 55 years of law enforcement experience he's a republican also but with us it's not about party it hasn't i mean we we run as what we run they have their you know constable jackson constable we all have different views on things we all support yeah. different people but when it comes to our job, it has nothing to do with the party. It has everything to do with serving the citizens of Potter County and the citizens of Amarillo. When we go to something, we don't get out and ask, are you a Democrat or a Republican? We get out right. and we take care of the business because it's, it's, we're serving the citizens. And, and, you know, I'm sorry the Republican chair made it sound like I should hate Constable Jackson and Constable Estrada <laughs> because they're Democrats. And, they're right. like my sisters. They're, yeah. Another thing with us constables is we don't have the luxury of having backup. You know, the city can come help us if we need it, if they have time. The sheriff's office is out in the county, and they'll come help us if they have time. But we depend on each other, and, you know, it's not about a party. You know, we all have our political views, but we don't discuss our politics mostly because yeah. it doesn't have a play in our job. We're serving all the citizens no matter what your race, what your religion, what your party affiliation is, we don't care. We serve all citizens of Potter County and the city of Amarillo. And that's just my comment. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I want to throw this question to uh, Constable Estrada and then Constable Jackson. Whoever would like to take it first, feel free. And then if anybody wants to add to it. Um I know in that podcast that we did with uh, Dan Rogers, the Republican Party chairman for Potter County, uh, last week, I believe, uh, there was a comment made about constables in Precincts 2 and Precincts 4 in Potter County being AWOL, I believe was the term used. And so uh, I I know that Constable Estrada had something to say about that after (laughs) it was published. And so uh, Constable Estrada, would you like to take that first? Then Constable Jackson, I mean... What would you say to somebody who says something like that uh, about you and the way you perform your duties uh, in the job? Absolutely. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm going to try to put this in a way where I'm not being disrespectful. I don't understand that term AWOL. 
AWOL is an absence without leave. I'm not sure what, why that term was used. However, what matters to me is what the precinct knows that what I'm doing. I have a Facebook that I'm very active on. I put on there what we're doing. Uh, we got shut down, and that wasn't by choice. That was because COVID-19 happened. The county judge decides to shut down the, the courthouses. We had the Texas Supreme Court putting out orders. We had our governor putting out orders. That that shut us down. However, you still saw that, you know, and people still saw us out there in the community. We were serving in a different way. Um, we were, I was serving my precinct in community service and community outreach and involvement. So to go AWOL, absolutely not. That is false and um, incorrect, and, I, you know, which... I do not appreciate it at all for that. But uh, what matters to me the most is that my precinct knows that I am working to the best of my ability, are looked at and being respected. The office of the Potter County Precinct 2 office is being looked at and being respected. And just me as their elected constable and an individual, that they'll see that I am taking what they entrusted me with, with the position of the constable precinct too seriously, because I have brought back state awards. I brought back national recognition and an award with precinct two. And when we go to places down South, they're always saying, where is Potter County? Where's Amarillo? You know, that means a lot for um, me as an elected constable for precinct two here to sit there and say, this is where we're, I'm from, this is what we're doing here, and we have a unique, diverse um, constables within Potter County, all four of them, and we get along. I mean, uh, it breaks my heart to see Constable Mike Duvall leave, and there's over 100 years of law enforcement experience within us four, and we just can't have to move forward. It's his time. He knows he's got to pass on the torch, but... As precinct two, for somebody to sit there and say she went AWOL and I'm the problem in precinct two, absolutely incorrect. Um, and I, I would like to. I mean, I'm game for it. If you Dan Rogers like to sit down and we can go back and forth about it, it just shows that he's not really educated in what the constable is, what the constable job is, or what the constable stands for. Period. In precinct two. Back to the question. Uh, let's throw it to Constable Jackson. Um, what would you say about uh, that comment that was made about constables being AWOL in certain precincts? And before I address that, I'd like to add on uh, their statement about all four constables and our different uh, backgrounds and everything. I definitely would like to say that we as constables can be an example for all others to follow. Because, uh, like I said, our backgrounds are different. We have different beliefs, and we found a way, and we get along just perfectly. And like you said, he's my brother, just like I'm his sister. So I just wanted to include that. Now, to get on Mr. Dan Rogers and his comment that was being made, I was definitely offended by his comment because, like Constable Schroeder said, he has not a clue about what the job and duties of a constable. And for him to make that comment, about and I guess it comes from somewhere. Somebody uh, brought that to him. But all you have to do is look at my numbers 
uh, like Daryl said, him and I, we bring in pretty large uh, revenue to the county. And for the last eight years since I've been the council, I had even took a, a vacation. I'm, I'm at work even during a pandemic when they shut the county down. I was still showing up to the office because we received out-of-county uh, work that we had to uh, also conduct. So for him to make that comment uh, of us being AWOL, he really needed to do a fact check because he had no knowledge of what he's talking about. And and the reason, and I know for a fact that the reason why his, his comment is being made, he's targeting both George Cuthbert, Australia, and I due to the fact that I mean, it's just it's fact that we're we're Democrats, and he had made a comment to an individual that his whole agenda is to ensure that there's no Democrats elected in Amarillo. And so, uh, with these lies being told on us, we see that that's the reason why it's being being done. And uh, like the Strada said, I, I'm open for a sit down as well. We can explain to him and anybody else who uh, want to know. Uh, exactly what the council's job is, and and we can uh, let them know what are the requirements to be uh, the council. His his candidate that he has put up against me, he said he's confident uh, to you know take on the position, but without that background and experience, it, it, it's going to end up being a liability having someone uh, come in and not having that knowledge. So I'm gonna get off my soapbox on that, and we will continue. <laughs> Well, may I would I, like to may I interject. Yeah, everybody who wants it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Chris. You go first. Okay. Well, I naturally, you. I mean, you said that we have two Democrats and we have three Republicans is what we have. I can tell you, Dan Rogers, his words were not only unprofessional, uneducated, but it was demeaning towards constables. Personally, I personally um, don't appreciate his words that he said against our constables in Potter County. So I get it. If you're a Republican, you want Republicans to be in office. I get it. If you're a Democrat, you want the same thing. But when you start speaking about somebody, you need to be educated in what you're saying. If you're not, you need to just be quiet. And we're also going to talk about here pretty quickly about when the the lawsuit against um, the Republican Party and the outcome of that. And we can also show very clearly that during that time, he lied. That's exactly right. He lied. And I can tell you, as a Republican, we're held, all of us as politicians, as people in general, are held to a standard higher than everybody else. And if you open your mouth, you better make sure it's the truth and quit lying to people. So I would be happy to sit down with Constable Estrada, Jackson, and Dan Rogers, and all of us have a discussion because he needs to find out or he needs to understand that you can't just say anything. And we see that with this election that we're in now, people just say things and they're not true. So he needs to, he needs to come up to, to, um, I guess he just needs to come up to the plate and be honest. And that's about all I have to say. Unless go ahead, Daryl. 
Okay, so my comment is this. I understand we don't care about parties. We, You know, I think this country would get along a lot better if we didn't. If the parties would just work together like we do, you know, we're government. We work together, though. We all work together for the common good of the citizens. And, you know, I think that's where sometimes big government fails us a little. But I'm a Republican, and I didn't appreciate what he said. And, you know, Constable Jackson's opponent, I'm going to start right now on that. You know, they went out, they sent out a text message looking for anybody to run for constable in precincts two and four without even really knowing what needed to be required. Well, Constable Jackson's opponent, he's, he, I've met him, he's a nice guy, but his first nine months in office, if he was to get elected, he would have to go to a police academy. He's my age. I'm 57 years old and he's my age. And I can tell you right now, at 57 years old, that is not the time to be going to a police academy. I couldn't do it, not now. And, you know, his first nine months, he's never been in law enforcement. She has, I'm guessing, close to 20 years experience in law enforcement. This is a law enforcement job. This is a law enforcement job. You have to make law enforcement decisions. And because you refereed volleyball doesn't really apply to this job. I've been doing this job 35 years and, you know, there's a lot to it. And uh, I just, that was very, when he said, hey, well, I'm, I just went all over me because I work with them every day. We were out doing civil process together today. And it just, yeah, it just, it, it was demeaning because he has no clue what we do. And, and I'll make the offer. If, if you, if you want to see what a constable does on a daily basis, get a hold of me. You can come and sign the release that says you won't sue me if you get hurt, shot, or something like that, and I'll let you ride in the passenger seat of my car and see what I do on a daily basis. That's all I got. Let's talk about uh, your race, Constable Johnson. Uh, this past March, you had a primary. Uh, of course, uh, people know the way that played out. You did not win your primary this past March, uh, but it was... Um, I guess you would say controversial in the way it all played out, and I bet you would have a different word for it. Uh, but I'm going to let you just kind of take that and kind of explain. I, for some backstory for people who may not be aware, uh, there was a letter sent out by another elected official here who made all kinds of claims about your conduct in office, uh, c- claims which you disputed and claims which were... Uh, really hammered by your opponent. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of people decided that or believed that was probably a deciding factor and how the vote flipped from your election four years ago. But can you just kind of walk people through that and what your thoughts are on that now? Absolutely. So I, I want to first say that politics, this is what I've learned. Politics is people dealing with people. When you actually get into the political arena, politics is about power and money. And that's all it is about. We all remember what it was like in middle school when we had politics with our groups, with our cliques. And so you were either in or out. And so that really is what life is all about in the real world and in politics. But it just, it's further than that with the power and the money. 
So I'd like to say when you learned of elected official being indicted for a felony in Randall County, what was your first thought or response? So we have a sheriff, Sheriff Joel Richardson, that has been investigated by the Texas Rangers and indicted by 12 peers in Randall County for corruption. So that brings me to, in my, I was elected in 2013. I ran against five or four other individuals, and I won that race. In 2015, I ran against the same opponent that ran against me this year and won, but I beat that opponent by 1,700 votes. My opponent didn't have the qualification, the education, or the experience to be constable. So the sheriff of Randall County, who wants to control everything, the same guy that's been indicted for corruption, wants to control who's going to be in that position. So he decides upon himself to put a letter out on Facebook that, quite frankly, has, has been probably one of the most destroying moments of my time. That letter is full of lies and half-truths, and I would be happy to sit with anybody and go step-by-step step through what Joel said. And so I would like to say the first thing, if you, this is the one thing that's that sticks out most importantly, Joel said that I was in a high-speed pursuit and that I wrecked a county vehicle. So the truth is it was a low-speed pursuit, and my vehicle was not involved at all. I have never been in an accident in my patrol vehicle, and I've had two different, I've had three different patrol vehicles, and none of them have been in, in a vehicular crash or accident that you're in. So the whole letter that went out was to assist his employee to win the election. Without that letter, we would have a different result, and we would be talking about completely different things because she's still not qualified. She still didn't have the education. She still didn't have the experience. And... She has a criminal background, and I would be happy to report that to anybody. So she was never convicted of anything, but the things that she's done would make people turn their heads. And so Joel has supported somebody that, frankly, in the position of constable, he should never have supported her. I would have supported anybody that ran other than, than my opponent. I mean, I'd been happy to go against anybody, but she is not the person for this job. She's not a responsible person, and she has a background that does not that is not appropriate with law enforcement. So the letter, if anybody after this wants to talk to me about it, then I would be happy to discuss it with them. Dan Rogers in that podcast last week said that the problem in Randall County has been taken care of. I was mm. never a problem, ever. If Joe Richardson had concerns about me being a problem, he sat on it for four years. If that man had a concern for the constable of Rand, I mean for the for the county of Randall County, then he should have said, 
what he felt in 2015, 2014, because those are when he claims those incidences occurred. So all he's trying to do is, is control who's in office. He has in Precinct 1 Randall County, it's his deputy that's in there, and he's the one that pushed for that deputy. So I would just have to, I think people need to look. If an elected official is indicted, I think what we need to understand is, and I, I am encouraging people, let me get this gentleman's name for you real quick. But um, this gentleman's name is Michael Quinn Sullivan, and he's a Texas A&M graduate. He actually lives in Austin. And he says, one. Of, this is the most important thing that I, I, I'd like everybody to hear. When public corruption by government officials is alleged, everyone typically rushes to partisan corners, the defense of their allies, and chastise opponents. No one will admit someone from their political team might have fallen prey to the seduction of power, and we assume our opponents live exclusively on the wrong side of the ethical divide. What he says was, is in the real quick, in the third chapter of Romans, we're reminded of the simple human truth. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners, and so we sin. Every single one of us. When given the power, we'll abuse it for our own ends. So as Lord Acton puts it, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So when we have somebody that's indicted and we want to defend him because everybody says that he's a great guy, he has done something that has, he has done something more than just make a simple mistake. But that's, that's Joe Richardson. He's the one that committed the corruption and he's the one that has had power go too, too far for Randall County. He's the one, frankly, it's good that he has gone as, that he is retiring this year. Well, it's uh, it certainly is going to, I think, uh, change the landscape. A lot of things are changing uh, across a lot of different offices this year. Uh, but let's go into this election because I know we have a contested race on the ballot. Uh, there were apparently going to be two contested races on the ballot. Uh, before a candidate got disqualified, and I think Constable Estrada could probably fill us in on that. Uh, but there was a lawsuit, as I think Constable Johnson mentioned, uh, that ended up leading to a candidate being disqualified from the ballot. Uh, so, Constable Estrada, why don't you go ahead and kick us off on the, uh, let's talk about the lawsuit a little bit, and then I want to talk about the election in Precinct 4 and let uh, Constable Jackson make her case. Uh, but before we do that, tell us about the lawsuit, what led up to that, and how did that change the election in Potter County Precinct 2? And then I may remind people before you get started that Constable Estrada is unopposed in Precinct 2 this November. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So tell us about the uh, lawsuit and what led to your opponent being disqualified from the ballot. Well, it, it was something very fishy and funny and unique. It, it was all bundled in one. So what happened was they waited for the last minute to file 
and that's when we knew we had opponents. My opponent was on the on there, um, filed for Constable Precinct 2. Well, word gets around, um, and I started getting phone calls left and right saying, hey, um, I know this individual. This individual um, doesn't even live in Precinct 2, and on and on and on. That's what kicked off the uh, research. So I don't know if they think we're not educated for us to start looking or that I wasn't going to check, you know, because there's checks and balance in all this. If I have to make sure I'm, you know, in the, in the boundaries of running for office and the boundaries of having everything correct and ethical, I mean, you would think that the opposite party would do the same thing. Absolutely did not happen. Uh, we had my opponent lives in precinct one. Um, that information was given to me uh, by a friend, um, along with the address. Um, also, another person told me, um, hey, he actually works over here, uh, which is not even in Potter County. He works outside of the county. And then we later find out he was actually um, working in a whole different county about two hours away, uh, depending on how fast you drive. That that fact uh, was checked out and then, and confirmed true. So uh, that went to me checking the voter registration. Um, I went and I pulled the voter registration on that on um, my opponent, and sure enough, he was not a registered voter in um, my precinct. So that led off to um, challenging this opponent. Um, I am sad to say that the chairman of the party that I filed with dropped the ball completely. He refused to do what I was asking him to do because we only had a limited time and that window was closing pretty quickly and he did not challenge. So that led to the lawsuit. And in the lawsuit, um, we later on found some more evidence that he uh, was actually working for an agency. My opponent was actually working for an agency up north where he had to stay in that city or that county five days out of the seven days in a week. And then after, you know, the two days he's off, he can come back home, which is back to Amarillo, Precinct 1. So I I uh, end up getting that information and making contact with um, his chief of police. And we went from there. Um, th some other um, information was pulled, and we hired a lawyer. And we went forward with the lawsuit because he was ineligible. You have to be uh, a resident and a voter within that precinct to run for office as constable. Constable Estrada is unopposed. Constable Jackson does have an opponent. And I'm sure that everyone on here, I think I've already heard some comments, but I think everyone on here probably has an opinion on the precinct four race. Uh, but well, if we, if I could interrupt just for a minute, if Constable Strato, if you would also um, address the issue that what Dan Rogers said, that it was yeah, I was about decision. to, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, we'll address that because Dan was being very deceitful right. in that. Right. Also addressed, there was a criminal investigation done by me. So <laughs> you can add that, Daryl. Let me let me finish. Okay. okay, pause. So you have to live in the precinct, and you have to be a registered voter to run for office as the constable. 
what was said in the podcast previous by the chairman of the Republican Party was that he found my opponent ineligible, which is totally incorrect. Uh, we went, it was quite a bit of time there where he could have just withdrew him or found him ineligible. But what happened, truly what happened is when we went to court on the court date, which was actually my birthday, February 11th, which was the um, MLO Pioneer Forum as well on February 11th, um, that morning it was scheduled to go at 9 o'clock, 9.30 in the morning. Well, then we get a call, which delayed it into that afternoon to 1 o'clock. So we showed up to court, and we seen in the paper that that morning they declared my opponent ineligible due to the fact he was not registered voter in my precinct. So him, uh, the chairman of the Republican Party stating that he found it, no, it was the, you know, the lawyer advised them, you're not going to win this one. Go ahead and just, you know, mark him ineligible. So on February 11, 2020, he was found ineligible. They kept him on the ballot. The Republican chairman did not take him off of the um, Texas Secretary of State um, and kept him there. And then when we went into the general election, my opponent was still on there. Being an ineligible opponent was still on there. So right before, when I found out, when they released it, I made some calls. He was found ineligible. I have the documents. I have where even the application to file, um, I mean, if you live in a, in a residence for a year, you would know how to spell the name of the street. You would know what zip code you live in. I have the, I have all the documents. I have the, even the letter where it was dated February 11th that the, uh, my opponent was found ineligible. I have the documents where he had filed to run for office. I mean, misspelling, zip, different zip codes. Um, and it was just so crazy in the courtroom that you just sat there and shook your head because this is stuff that you can't make up. So that's what happened with my opponent. Um, once after I found out he was still on the ballot or is still even on the secretary of state, um, website, I started making phone calls. And I said, this is unethical. You cannot have an ineligible uh, opponent. So we had to wait. And there was some conversation going back and forth. And they finally removed an ineligible candidate from Precinct 2, uh, Potter County, Constable, off the, off the uh, website and off the ballot. So that's how that ended up. Mm. And I will add this also. Um, as law enforcement or even Texas peace officers, we take a note, and we are held to the highest standard. And because one, we're we are we're taking oath to serve and protect. There's integrity that we should live by. And this is a Texas peace officer that signed an affidavit, a sworn document that lied. And I would, I'm going to say it, I'll be damned if somebody comes in into my precinct where I live at, where I've raised my family in, in the east side and become an elected official by just that. That would right there alone will tell you the integrity and character of a person. 
and I fought and I, and I fought really, really hard, um, in the midst of all this because I worked too hard and I bled, sweat, tears, everything because of this precinct to represent them, to bring it where it's at now, this constable's office where it's at now, just to let it go because I have a certain letter by my name that the oath that I took, like Constable Wartz was saying, we do not care what a party affiliation you are involved in. We just want to know that the law's being done right, that everybody is has equal opportunity and, you know, everything is safe and sound and everybody goes home, properties returned to where it's at, the courts are satisfied, and everybody has a fair chance. That's what we work by. That's what I believe in. But for somebody to do something like that, that's why I fought so hard to reveal, to expose, and to kill, in other words, <laughs> what was happening. Uh, and that's that's just from my heart. I, I will be damned that somebody like that come into my precinct that cannot uphold, one, the integrity and have a character issue such as. So let's let's not forget. Let's not forget that Dan Rogers, as a county chairman, his first responsibility when somebody puts in for a position, his first responsibility is to ensure that that person lives in that precinct. So that's a failure on Dan Rogers from the very beginning. That should have been taken care of a long time ago. There should have been no reason for it to go to court. If Dan had had completed his duties that he has and and had done them correctly, this conversation we wouldn't have. Exactly. Absolutely. The due diligence of that position and the responsibility. It makes you wonder about the person that's in that position, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like uh, Constable Johnson is getting ready to run for county chair. <laughs> yeah, because you know what a county, do you know how much a county chair makes? I believe he makes zero. less yeah. than zero. That's right. He makes less than zero because he ends up having to put in, he or she has to put in their own money just to make things work. But you still have responsibilities. He is an elected official. He's elected just like I am. And he has a responsibility and a due diligence to complete his job. Well, let's talk about that Precinct 4 race for a moment. Uh, Of course, Constable Jackson has an opponent this year, a Republican challenger, Kerry Haney, a local attorney. He previously ran for a a Potter County Court at Law seat, or I guess a bench, in uh, 2018. He's back on the ballot this year, and he is the Republican nominee. He won his primary, contested primary for Precinct 4's Constable's job, and he's on the ballot this year. Uh, So, Constable Jackson, I'm sure, like I said a moment ago, everyone on this call has an opinion about that race, and if anybody wants to express that, you will be given time to, in just a moment, uh, to make your official endorsement also if you want. Uh, but Constable Jackson, let's get into that race uh, and just tell people why do you believe that you are the candidate that they need to support in November? Well, 
Okay. And before we get into why I am the candidate that should be uh, supported, I also, I'd like to talk about the, my lawsuit as well, if that's okay with oh, you. Oh, absolutely. I I forgot to give you a chance to do that. You were part of that lawsuit uh, that involved Constable Strada as well, so tell people about that. Exactly. So, uh, as Constable stated, <laughs> they waited to the last minute to uh, ensure that these individuals were on the ballot. And I ended up uh, drawing two, two opponents uh, that was... Uh, pretty much going from my position, neither one of them being qualified, of, of course. But we, of course, did research being done, uh, it was conducted, and, and it was a violation discovered. And that violation that was noted was a violation of Election Code Title Nine, Chapter 141, and that title is candidacy for public office, generally sub, uh, eligibility for public office, and that's chapter, subchapter 8. Uh, eight. And if you allow me to read it, it states in 141.033 that filing applications for more than one office is prohibited. A candidate must not file application for a place on the ballot for two or more offices that are not permitted by law to be held by the same person and are to be voted on at one or more elections held at the same time, the same day. If a person filed more than one application for a place on a ballot is violation of this section. Each application filed subsequent to the first one filed is invalid. So when we did our research, we came up with, uh, with the conclusion that Mr. Kerry Haney was in violation because he was on the ballot for two different positions. It was uh, noted. Uh, we had our witness uh, that saw him on the ballot for two different uh, positions, and that's why we pursued this particular case. Unfortunately, I was not successful in winning my case, uh, and I have my reasons behind uh, the reason why I think that I did not win. I think it was a conflict of interest. I think I, I had a lot to do with the good old boy uh, deal, but uh, I lost in my pursuit to get him removed off the ballot. But uh, I kind of feel that we should have went another route, probably would have had a change of venue and went another direction. But, of course, the judge in the in our, in our hearing appears that he wasn't, had no interest. And, of course, he is also a Republican judge, but, you know, just wanted to put that out, out there as well. But somehow the Republican attorney, he found a loophole in the law which uh, stated that due to – Mr. Haney not uh, being the only one that filed for this Republican precinct chair, that he was able to remove himself from there and to just run for the council position. But now the precinct chair was the first position that he applied for, and that's the position he actually should have ran for instead of the council. So, again, I was unsuccessful in my pursuit to get him removed. And to do a correction on Mr. Dan Rogers, uh, another fact, fact check, he claimed that I owed them over $8,000, which is uh, definitely incorrect. He hadn't uh, looked into that, and, and, and <laughs> that was another uh, was not that was another untrue statement that he made. I am not indebted to anyone for over $8,000. So he also, well, also joined... Jack Constable Jackson, just remember, and I'm I'm tearing into Dan 
Dan Rogers because he's not doing his job. But remember, he knows the law. He knows that if you have somebody that applies for or that puts in for one position, he can't run for another. So don't don't anybody forget that. Right, right. But you know, like I said, they pulled that attorney out from Austin and they found that loophole that uh, we didn't even get to actually view it and to confirm that that's exactly what the law stated. But again, it was a little not in my favor. And during this time while we was in court, you know, there were statements being made that we just don't want anybody to run against us and that, you know, we think that we shouldn't, we should run on the post. I welcome anybody to run against me. It keeps me humble, uh, keeps me on, you know, on my feet. And also, if you're going to run against me, you better make sure that you are eligible because we will, because we have to be eligible when we run. And so our opponent, we're just not going to have no any. Body like Constable said, I be down. <laughs> if we're gonna allow just some any old body come in after all this hard work we put in to uh, ensure that you know the office, this office has integrity. And so, on that note, I'm gonna end it about the lawsuit and get into my qualifications. If you're okay with that, Tom. Absolutely. Okay. Well, the Constable, I have over 26 years in criminal justice law enforcement. Uh, the council has stated early that all four constables have a total of a hundred and some years of law enforcement. This job, unfortunately, this job, you have to have a background in law enforcement. And if you do not have that background in law enforcement, you will be a big liability to the, to the, to the citizens of Pardon County. Everybody thinks that, oh, this job, all you got to do is come in and bait us to court, and that's it. This job, we have constables throughout this whole state has been murdered, uh, killed in the, in the line of duty trying to execute all these uh, these uh, civil service and, and just doing our job uh, in general. And, you know, not being a peace officer, having that background, like I stated earlier, is definitely a liability. But with my 26 years of experience, uh, I've also been the counsel for the last eight years. And uh, Counselor Strada stated earlier how we are uh, noted throughout the whole state of Texas. We... Now we know that, you know, do uh, it nationally because we go to training like crazy. We want to ensure that we know our job. I've been a peace officer for the last 15 years. And like uh, Councilor Ward stated, this gentleman who's looking to <laughs> dethrone me has to go to a, a law enforcement academy. And, and the way these law enforcement academy is, if you're not in top physical shape, there's no way you're going to be able to complete that law enforcement academy. So, and he will be away from office, and that work that's uh, need to be done won't be completed while he's out at office. But I'm also a peace officer, like I stated, for the uh, state of Texas. I have my certification as a peace officer. I also have a associate's degree in criminal justice law enforcement. I'm currently enrolled in uh, West Texas A&M pursuing my bachelor's degree in criminal justice uh, law enforcement. I have over 2,500 hours of continued education training, and it's all criminal justice related. Uh, I've been through Texas Leadership, uh, Council's Leadership College. Uh, I have my basic T-code instructor's license. And, I mean, this training right, I mean, within itself, pretty much uh, is a testament to my eligibility is why I am the candidate for the position. And uh, everyone that's listening who are uh, constituents of part of County Precinct 4, 
I highly uh, request and appreciate your vote. And as a as a reminder, early voting is happening right now. I went and did that in Potter County uh, just, I guess, yesterday at the time we're recording this and had a small wait, but it really wasn't that bad. So you have plenty of time. I think early voting ends October 30th and election day is November 3rd. So any of the people listening who need to go vote for their constable, you have time and you have the opportunity to do so. Um, So... I'm sure somebody else on here has an opinion about the precinct four race. <laughs> if anybody wants to <laughs> chime in on that, because you know, I the thing I've learned about the constables uh, from tonight, uh, but also from speaking to all of you before this, is that everybody's very passionate about their jobs, uh, and yeah. they really care about who they work with. And so, does anyone else have anything to add to that? I would. I would. <laughs> me, me and Constable Jackson came into Constable in 2013 together. Uh, it was us yeah. and Constable Duvall. We're the three original Potter County Constables. Before us, you had one Constable. His name was Maurice Jackson. Very good guy. Still, He's back in Amarillo now after a stint in California. But we built our offices. Before us, Constable was not a good word. I mean... <laughs> You know, Constable Duvall has a, a euphemism that, you know, saying constable's like saying a bad name. We have built our offices. Constable Jackson, her integrity is above reproach. She has the experience that she can do the job. Me and her have worked so close together for now going on eight years. I trust her with my life on a daily basis. I trust all the constables, Constable Johnson, Estrada, Duvall, all of them, with my life on a daily basis. I've been a cop for 35 years, and, you know, I've seen good and bad cops, and Constable Jackson, I mean, all the constables in Potter and Randall County, I mean, Constable Johnson, Constable Estrada, Constable Duvall, they're really good cops. Constable Jackson is an excellent cop that, you know, like I said, I... Her opponent was to get elected. I would not trust him with my life because he's never been in law enforcement. To me, you need to have a law enforcement background to do this job. You know, uh, and I'll, I'll say this right now, 50-something years old, your late 50s is not the time to go out and play police anymore. It's just this is a young man's game. I'm coming to the end of my career. I've already retired from one department, and, you know, Constable Jackson, she serves her community so well. She's involved in her community. She just, you know, you, I drive down the street, and I and and when I'm in her precinct and people wave, and I just know they're thinking it's Constable Jackson, <laughs> because I mean she just served her community so well, and the people support her so much, and she supports the the citizens of her community so well. She's hands down. I mean. She's the only candidate that's worthy of the job for Precinct 4 Constable, period. That's all I have. Thank you, brother. I'll put in. Oh, go ahead. Um, this is Estrada. So, absolutely, I'll follow up uh, and piggyback off of Constable Works. I mean, they were there before me, um, and I came from the sheriff's office not knowing what the constable actually did. Uh, when this came to my lap, and I took the risk and stepped out in faith, and and I got appointed in 2015, I had no clue. I was 
scared. <laughs> but what happened was Constable Jackson, Constable Wirtz, and Constable Duvall, excuse me, took me underneath their wing. And because of them, and I always say this, because of them, I am where I'm at now. Uh, Constable Jackson, that's that's my sister. And mm-hmm. I know for sure I can always depend on her when if something goes south or um, if if I'm in need of something. Constable Wirtz also and Constable Duvall, they're, they're like brothers, Constable Johnson as well. Um, so for me to sit there and say that Carrie Haney is a better choice. Absolutely not. Not knowing the risk that we take on a daily basis of probably impossibility, the possibility, excuse me, of not coming home. This is not something where you're, you know, we're playing cops and robbers as kids. This is something where we walk into a house not knowing the threat or the risk or even on the street when we're doing traffic stops or doing warrants this is real policing this is real and for somebody to sit there and say they have experience with refereeing girls volleyball or making and repairing watches that is a devaluement of my position and I take very uh, offensive of that because you don't understand uh, we don't know when that risk is going to be deadly I will stand here and say that I endorse Constable Della Jackson for precinct for Constable because I know for sure that I can count on her. I can trust her with my life and to get the job done, just like Constable Wirt said. So if I I may, I'm a Republican through and through. And so to my... But I, I will tell you that I have a great love for each and every one of our constables here. Mm. I am a Trump fan through and through, and I'm, I will vote for Trump and I back Trump, and that's who I am politically. In this race, we have a man that's running as a Republican that, just as everyone has said, is underqualified, and he is a dangerment to all other law enforcement officers. You can go to school and be trained, but at 57 years old, you better have some background to protect your brother and your sister and anybody else that may be backing you up. So one thing I want everybody to remember and something I've said all my life, school can teach you all the things that you're supposed to do. Life teaches you what you're not supposed to do. If you're in law enforcement, you need to know what not to do. So I want everybody to remember that. Constable Jackson, she is the most ethical and honest person I have been around. All of our constables are that way, truly. But I have really respected Constable Jackson, and she's been just as much as a mentor to me as I've been to a mentor to her. So it. You, you couldn't pick a better person for her precinct and her citizens to be in that position. So I want everybody to remember, if you want to vote straight ticket R, you need to think about it. Is that the right person in that position? And are they going to do the right thing for our precinct? Thank you, brother. I, I think I... Okay. 
forgot to mention this a moment ago, and so I want to give Constable Jackson a chance to uh, to plug this. Um, if somebody wants to support your campaign, I know I've seen some yard signs out around town. Uh, if somebody wants yeah. to support your campaign, if they want to contribute, if they want to get a yard sign or something like that, how can they do that? Yes, uh, Tony, they can contact me uh, if they want to contribute, you know, uh, financially, they can uh, send it to the re-elect Adela Thomas Jackson campaign. And that PO box is 413 Amarillo, Texas, 79105. And my phone number is 806-640-8594. And they can uh, contact me there. If they won't, you know, yard signs, definitely call me at that number and, and uh, we will get a sign to them, yard sign to them. Excellent. So there are lots of options to support Constable Jackson if you'd like to. And like I said, I just keep, I just keep wanting to remind people. Early voting is happening right now. It runs till the 30th, and election day is November 3rd, so you have plenty of time to go vote. Okay, so I know that everybody here is really important and really busy, so we'll wrap up in just a moment, but I want to give uh, everyone a chance to do this. Uh, I know that in Potter County, we're going to have a new constable coming in uh, in, I guess, January. If, if Can someone tell me January is when you take office, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, we'll have a new one in Potter County. We'll have a new one in Randall. Uh, so for everyone on here, and maybe those constables, uh, constable elects almost are listening, uh, can everybody just kind of speak to those people who are going to be taking that role? And also, I mean, if somebody is, you know, an elected constable who's going to be taking office elsewhere in the state, just speak to those people for a moment. I'll let uh, Constable Wirtz take this first, and then whoever would like to follow, give them your advice. What would you tell them they need to know, and how should they conduct themselves in order to do the job of Constable fairly and adequately for the people they work for? Just just remember that you work for the voters. You know, it's hard because you don't answer to any, you know, Dan Rogers said you don't answer to, they don't answer to anybody. Well, we answer to the voters. We answer to the citizens. We do. Do the right thing. Do what's right. When you're your own person, a one-man office, it can be easy to get misled and go down the wrong path. It happens all all over the country all the time. Do what's right for your your citizens and for the taxpayers that are paying you. Just do what's right. You know, the... The, the the constable that's coming into Potter County, he's no stranger. He's coming from the sheriff's office. He's got probably close to 20 years experience as law enforcement. So, you know, and Constable Duvall's working with him and, and going to work with him to, you know, get him lined out in office. So I think he'll be just up and running day one. But just, I, I tell anybody that's going to, you know, to me, anybody that's going to run for an elected position anywhere whether it be the president of the United States all the way down to the constables, just do what's right and represent the citizens and, and quit and don't bicker back and forth just because it's a D in front of the name or an R in front of the name, work together and get work for your citizens. That's just my whole thing. Um, Constable Johnson, would you like to take that question next, sir? Absolutely. So I know that after this podcast, I'm going to take 
a tremendous amount of flack, and I'm prepared for that, and I've already taken a tremendous amount of flack from the get-go. Remember when Dan Rogers said that we're not accountable to anybody? Remember any politician that runs, they are not accountable to anybody other than the voter. The sheriff is not. The JP is not. The county judge is not. There's nobody there to check their time card. They don't clock in and they don't clock out. Nobody sees if they're working or not. So for these new folks that are coming in, regardless of my feelings of the person that's taken my place, I encourage to be there. Be there every day. Do your job. And most importantly, like uh, Constable Wirtz said, be honest. Be honest with what you're doing, with your people that you're working with and your partners that you're working out in the field. This job, I can tell you, most people don't want anymore because law enforcement has had some bruises this year. I think we've all seen it. So we need to be able to work together. The second part of my advice is, is get as much education as you can. Learn everything. Anytime a class comes up, take it. Go to those civil classes. Be involved with the, uh, the association, the West Texas uh, Association and the JPCA State Association. Be involved. Be, um, and, and then learn how to work with your other constables. And, and that's the best advice I can give on that. Uh, how about you, Constable Estrada? What would uh, you tell incoming constables here or anywhere else in Texas? I would agree with Constable Wirtz and Constable Johnson um, and what they said already. Um, I would like to add this, um, and this is how I explain it. Do your research. Research, research. I mean, don't just go by hearsay. We have fallen to a place where Facebook is truth, or somebody says something and that's truth. We have we have to do our research on the candidate or even on the constable. Um, also, I would like to put in there, judge them by their works, by the fruit they are bearing. That is where I stand, and I'm like, you can see that letter by my name or somebody else's name, but I want to see what you've done. What have you produced in while you're in uh, this term? Or what are you going to do? So everything else, what the, the two other constables said, and education, 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 training, 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 because that's where the liability is. If you don't know what you're doing, if you don't really give a two cents about the constable's office or even making sure everybody's being served properly, um, because in all reality, when a constable is coming up to your door, we're not giving you good news. We're coming because we have a court order to do something. And it was a bearer bad news. That's just the reality of it. However, can you balance it out? Can you balance it out being in your community or something else? You know, um, that's something. Think outside the box. Um, that's one thing I've learned to do. And I've, I've stayed on training. I've stayed on training. And because of my co-constables, because they're passionate about it, I fell right in, in sync with them. And I've just, you know, graduated with my bachelor's, now trying to pursue my master's. 
in uh, public administration. I have close to 5,000 um, PICO hours of training. That alone should say, okay, she's serious about this. So research and research, and then just be just be willing to learn. Take and go and, you know, do what you need to do to serve the people for the, just for the people. Just make sure you're doing it for the people in your precinct, in your county, in your state. And, That's all I have. And uh, Constable Jackson, you know, I think that everybody here on this call, all of your colleagues probably uh, hope that you will be returning uh, in next year, but for any incoming constables either here or elsewhere, uh, what would you advise them as far as how to perform their job well? I would like to just uh, say that I definitely agree with my fellow constables. Uh, everything they stated is definitely needed in order to be successful. But I also would like to add that the constables come in, they need to know that they work for the people. Uh, that elected you, not for the sheriff's office. You don't work for the county judge. You do work for the people. And understand that those people who elect you will evaluate you every four years. Uh, and you'll be evaluated by the people, and they will decide at the end of them, that, that four years if you've done a good job or not. And, and, and based on their uh, selection, will determine whether they uh, were satisfied with your work or not. I also believe you need to stay Stay visible. Uh, uh, stay visible in your community. Your people, you know, unfortunately, elections are a popularity type uh, deal. And a lot of times we do get individuals who are not qualified for the position based on their popularity. But I definitely believe in the fact that you have to stay visible in your community. You have to maintain your integrity, your professionalism. You can't, you know, get corrupt uh, based on your title. Uh, I always know to do the right thing, even when no one's looking. I definitely uh, believe in that. And I always say what you mean and mean what you say. If you say you're going to do something, follow through with it. And definitely, and we all say this about training. Training is definitely important. I always say that you're never too old for knowledge. Continue with your uh, training to better yourself because things constantly change in this, this field of work. So you always have to be on top of your training. And that's all I have to add in regards to that. I think we had a, a really great conversation about everything tonight. Um, and I think I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there for whoever wants to answer this. And then I will let everyone go because I know how important everyone is. If somebody wants to get in touch with you as a constable, if they want to discuss what's going on in the county or in their precinct or even what a constable does, if they want to learn more, how can they contact you? That happens already. I don't know if Google did this on purpose or whatever, but if you Google Potter County Constable and call that number that's on there, it directly goes to me. <laughs> so um, I am very transparent. I answer my phone all the time. So when they say, what is your office hours? Like 24-7 almost. Um, because I'm answering phone calls all the time. Um, but they can go on my Facebook, they can message me there, they can call my office phone, or that number, I don't know what number it is, we try to get it fixed, but that number, when you Google Potter County Constables and call that number, it comes straight to me, um, in which I'll answer the phone, or if I'm not in office, 
I have it where it forwards to my cell phone. So there's different ways to get a hold of me or um, just hit me up on uh, on my uh, email also, which is on my Facebook page, the Re- Real Life Constable Georgia Estrada. And those are ways to get a hold of me. And I'll add to that, Potter County's website, we're all listed there. And my cell phone, this constable works, my cell phone, my my office phone rings through to my cell phone. And I trust me, I take calls at 3 in the morning. I have landlords calling me constantly. I have tenants calling me constantly because I try and be accessible to all the citizens in my community. But that's the best way is just go on the Potter County website and look up constables and we're all there, and you dial those numbers. Somebody's going to answer. Well, if, if you don't mind, I'll go. Yes, I was going to ask I'll for Randall Jackson. County. Yes. Yes, sir. Then we'll let Jackson close this big thing up. Um, what I want to say first is, is I want to tell every citizens of Randall County, not just in Precinct 4, but Precinct 1, but every citizen, thank you for allowing me to be your constable. You allowed me to be your constable for eight years. You voted for me twice. And then on the, this third, you decided that you wanted a different constable. And, and I respect that. But thank you very much for allowing me to do that. So I have until December 31st. That's when I leave office. My phone number is on the Randall County website. And I have an office phone number in a, a county cell. And I just ask everybody, if you call the office number and I don't answer, don't leave a message because on that that recording, it tells you that you can call me at 731-2323 if you have any questions. And if you have any questions after all the words that I used tonight, I would be happy to, to discuss that with you and meet you in my office and give you all the documentation that you need. But uh, anyway, I wish the best for all of our constables, and I wish the best for um, Wirtz, Estrada, Jackson, and our new constable over in Potter County. So. Um, Go get them. Yes. Good deal. I stated earlier my phone number, but I will repeat it. Uh, you can contact me on my cell at 806-640-8594. My office number is 806-349-4945. My office is located at 500 South Fillmore, and I'm in Suite 326 uh, at the Old County Court building. And like Daryl uh, Ward stated, we are located on the website, and I have an open-door policy. You can come visit me at any time. So that's my information, but I'd like to also end with that, man, we're going to miss our brother, uh, Constable Johnson. I appreciate your, your friendship. I appreciate your uh, support, and I'll uh, be praying for you on your future uh, adventures, brother, and uh, may God bless you. It has been a very exciting journey with you. Well, thank you very much. Yep, all you guys are going to be missed for sure. Yes, sir. Well, constables, thank you very much for being with us this evening, and I'm sure uh, after the election we're going to want to talk to uh, all of our constables once again, so I will be reaching out. But uh, otherwise, I do appreciate you all being on here this evening, and to everyone listening, thank you, and Feel free to contact your constables. You know, they work for you, so they are they are there to help you out. And uh, also make sure you get out and vote, most importantly. But either way, uh, constables, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yep, Thanks thank for you. having us. 
Thank you very much to my listeners and to my guests this week, as always. For those of you who want to learn more about what's going on in the Texas Panhandle, we encourage you to go to www.amarillopioneer.com for all of your local news needs, including election coverage and what's going on in your communities. Amarillopioneer.com or Amarillo Pioneer on social media, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you check. Until next week, thank you very much for joining us, and we hope that you have a wonderful West Texas week.